Welcome to Animal Health Insights. This podcast was created to connect producers, veterinarians, and animal owners, and to introduce you to the people and the organizations who are working to support animal health in Canada. Our podcast is developed with the support of the Canadian Animal Health Surveillance System. Through these podcasts, CAS aims to engage veterinarians, producers, and the public in discussions around animal health and infectious disease as part of work to strengthen animal health surveillance through knowledge, awareness, and data sharing. I'm your host, Dr. Kate Todd. I'm also a veterinarian. Let's get started. Veterinarians train for a long time to learn the specifics of our day-to-day work. There's several points that are drilled into our heads during veterinary education, and some of these are clinical signs in animals that may represent a reportable disease condition in our patients. A reportable disease is a disease that is usually of significant importance to human or animal health or to the Canadian economy. Some diseases have the potential to spread to humans, these are zoonotic diseases, and others are so rapidly contagious between animals that they could pose a huge threat to animal health and to our food security. Veterinarians, animal owners, and diagnostic laboratories are all required to report even the suspicion of one of these diseases to their local Canadian Food Inspection Agency district veterinarian. In addition, each province also has a list of diseases that are of specific interest to that geographic region, and veterinarians are also required to notify provincial veterinary authorities in the case of a suspect case or an outbreak of one of these diseases. There are a number of clinical signs that always strike a bit of fear into the veterinary heart. For example, the dog or cat with unexplained neurologic signs, especially if they've had a recent interaction with a bat, or any livestock that show blisters on their nose or their mouth or near their hooves, or potentially the acute death of a large number of animals. In any of these cases, and in many others, a veterinarian must keep the potential of one of these reportable diseases on their differential list, and they get in touch with their federal and provincial authorities. But once a vet has made that first contact with regulatory veterinarians, what happens? Like, what's the next step? This can sometimes be unclear, as each animal health incident has many different variables, and generally a risk-based assessment is first performed to assess the level of concern and risk to other animals and humans on a case-by-case basis. The varied responses and the methods by which veterinary regulatory authorities manage an animal health incident can be confusing, so I thought we would try to provide some clarity around these processes and work through all the levels from reporting, Uh, disease surveillance to response, from the animal owner to their veterinarian to the provincial and federal veterinary authorities. We're going to do this in a two-part format, and today I'm going to be speaking with Dr. Ryan Tenbergen. Dr. Tenbergen is a swine veterinarian who works with the team at Demeter Veterinary Services. Dr. Tenbergen has a strong interest in research and epidemiology. He is the past president of the Ontario Association of Swine Veterinarians, and he contributes to disease surveillance processes nationally as a representative for the Maritimes on the Canadian Swine Health Information Network. He recently had an opportunity to work through disease surveillance and reporting live and in action when he had a client contact him with some concerns about his swine herd. Today, Dr. Tenbergen will share his experience with us. Welcome to Animal Health Insights, Dr. Tenbergen. Thanks. Thanks for inviting me. So can you tell us about the start of your disease investigation in this particular case? Yes, so it started um, with a 
text message from the producer, actually, who just noticed something that was abnormal to him, something he hadn't seen. So, yeah, he just sent me a text, sent me some photos, and asked what I thought. So, from there, it, it kind of turned into a foreign animal disease outbreak. And was there anything in the photos that was specifically worrisome for you? What were the clinical signs that he talked about that were so concerning to you as a vet? Yeah, so we uh, we had talked a little bit about some, you know, common things on a farm. You know, he had some, you know, a little bit of strep disease or things that people would know. But he noticed these blisters on the noses. And that's one thing that's very specific to um, some foreign animal diseases. So that's one clinical trigger for us is if we ever see any kind of blisters or so-called vesicular lesions on any pig or any cow or lamb or anything, we are to notify the Canadian Food Inspection Agency because it could be a potential foreign animal disease. So I can only imagine uh, there must have been a bit of a gut-wrenching feeling when you first saw those photos from the producer. What did you do as your first step to work up the case? Yeah, it always is when you see photos like that because, yeah, you, I guess you go back to your training and you're you're trained to recognize that. So whenever you see that, it's kind of makes your heart beat faster, I guess. My next steps were, um, you know, I had a good conversation with them. I just explained that, you know, this is an abnormal thing or a, uh, I guess a really abnormal thing that we do need to actually report. I have a a duty that I need to report clinical signs such as this because they are so specific to some really bad diseases that we don't want. So yeah, I just had to explain what my next steps were because you, you definitely want to make sure that everyone is on the same page before you're contacting any kind of government agency. So um, yeah, explain that quickly and, and he understood. And then yeah, we went from there. So once you had a bit of this discussion with him, how strongly did you personally suspect a reportable disease might be occurring? I mean, right away, I, I told him, so, you know, with blisters on the nose of a pig, so Seneca Valley virus, that is one thing that will cause that, and it looks like foreign animal disease. You cannot tell the difference between them. You, The only way you can is if you test. So I, I did explain, you know, my first suspicion is this is Seneca Valley virus. It is unlikely to be something like foot and mouth disease. But at the same point, we do have to report it because you can't tell the difference between them. So you do actually have to test. So that's the discussion we had together. And yeah, he, he, he was okay. And I probably appreciated me explaining what I thought initially and then the next steps. So it sounds like based on this conversation, your client's reaction was actually pretty calm and, and easy to accept this information from you. That's right. Yeah, I, I, he, he remained calm. I mean, it's, it's not that he argued me at any point. I tried to explain myself the best as possible. I'm sure if you, if you asked him, I'm sure his heart was racing a bit as well. But yes, it's the necessary steps we have to take. So um, everyone got on the same page and we went ahead. So can you tell us about your first phone call then or your contact with the Canadian Food Inspection Agency veterinarians? You know, overall, it's a good experience. So, you know, I had to dig up the number in my phone for, for having to call them because you, you don't want to call them very often. You don't have to call them very often, but you have to have that number close. Once I got that number, I just call in the office. I explain why I'm calling. 
I'm a veterinarian for a farm and I am seeing vesicular lesions, right? That's those blisters on the nose. And then they end up going through a bit of a questionnaire with you. Just ask for more information on, you know, the farm information and the animals affected and things like that. But overall, it's a, a pretty good experience with them. And then based on that conversation, they'll decide whether they have to visit or not. So in a case like this, um, they did tell me that they'll have to arrange a visit to the farm. So I provided the contact information for that and then also contacted the producer, explained about my conversation with them, um, with the Canadian Food Inspection Agency and for him to expect a call. And, they, and they, it wasn't long before they called him and they set up a visit and they were there. Actually, it was that afternoon. So I called in the morning and they were there in the afternoon. So it is a pretty quick process at the same time. Were you kept in the loop as the case progressed? Uh, so, so there is no contact between the Canadian Food Inspection Agency and the veterinarian of record. That's one thing I wish that was probably different because I would like to be, you know, up to speed. I'm sure other vets would as well. So all the information we get is actually through the producer. So the CFIA passes all information through the producer and we're not really involved after that initial call. That's pretty interesting. From your first contact then with the CFIA through to the end of their involvement in the case, what was the timeline like? Uh, so it took, I believe it was about 48 hours from sample collection and then those samples um, for any foreign animal disease, it goes to the National Lab, which is in Winnipeg for Canada. So those were sent out to Winnipeg. Um, and within the 48 hours, we had the test that it was Seneca Valley virus positive and foreign animal disease negative. So it, it is a pretty quick turnaround during that time as well. Thankfully, a reportable disease was not diagnosed. So once a reportable disease was ruled out, what happened then? Did you continue working up the case for your client? Yeah, so if you back up a little bit, there is a there is a quarantine during that time. So once the samples are taken, there's a, you know, if there is enough to suspect that it could be a potential foreign animal disease, like it was in this case, there's a written uh, quarantine letter that's given to the producer or the owner of the premise, basically saying that you can't move um, any animals on or off this site without any uh, authorization by the Canadian Food Inspection Agency. So that was done. Um, so that was in place for two days. Then as soon as they get the negative results, they'll give another written notice to basically lift that quarantine. And then they're able to move pigs. But for me, I mean, I was able to get the lab results from the, the producer. So I did get a diagnosis from that. And then, yeah, we continued to work up the case within that system after um, just to try and understand a little bit more about the dynamics of what was going on and come to a plan together to to eradicate it because that's what we wanted to do because it's not something common in Ontario. So the first thing we want to do is eradicate that. So what did you find specifically regarding uh, Seneca Valley virus? So, I mean, we did know Seneca Valley virus, it, it does circulate in our assembly yards. So we knew it's in the province, but this was the first case that happened on farm. So first outbreak on farm. Since then, there's been no other outbreaks as well. Um, so it's still in Ontario. If, if you look in the assembly yards, I haven't seen any recent testing, but I, I know that uh, most likely it probably will still be there. And the CFA, they were doing some testing in assembly yards, but they're not doing that anymore. So yeah, it's around. We still have to be very careful, you know, just revisiting all your biosecurity practices and everything like that to make sure that you don't have an outbreak of it. But it's definitely something that will stick around in Ontario and something that's always got to be on everyone's mind. After you worked through this potential case, I guess, of reportable disease with your client and with the veterinary authorities, do you have 
confidence in the disease response activities that occurred? Yeah, I, I do. I think the CFA, I think they did a great job. So they responded in a very timely fashion. Um, testing is quick. They make sure that there's a quarantine placed on any farm that potentially has a foreign animal disease. And then I'm not sure what happened beside this, behind the scenes, but I'm sure there was some sort of contact tracing as well of, of where recent animals have gone and things like that. So yeah, overall, I think they did a great job and I do have confidence in them that if they do come across something that is very, very serious, that they can deal with it promptly and well. And was there anything specifically where you felt something could have been improved in the process? No, the, the only thing for me, and I mentioned already, is I wish there was a bit of communication with the better record and, you know, the producer or owner of the site doesn't have to play the middleman. Um, it just makes sense that we can help the CFIA vets um, in any questions they have or anything like that, and they can just keep us updated on next steps. So that's the one thing that I think there could be some improvement with. But other than that, I, I think they did a great job. Well, that's great. Thanks very much, Dr. Tenbergen, for sharing your experience with me today. Obviously, individual experiences can vary in these types of cases, and this might depend as well on the significance of the disease that's ultimately diagnosed. But I think it'll be really helpful for others to know a bit more about how the disease reporting process works in real life. This whole system, it's ultimately how vets and government authorities work to protect animal health and public health in our national food systems. So, I just wanted to shed some light on the process so it can be perfected. Thanks very much. Yeah, no problem. And I know it's, it's a scary process for anyone, but, you know, we have good systems. We have good people in place, and, and I think we can all deal with anything that comes our way. I think that's a great note to end on. For those of you interested to learn more about how veterinarians and producers interact with regulatory veterinary authorities, certainly stay tuned for our next podcast, where I'll be speaking to a veterinarian from the Canadian Food Inspection Agency, as well as a provincial veterinarian from the province of Quebec, to learn more about how this whole process works. Talk to you then. Once again, I'd like to thank the Canadian Animal Health Surveillance System for their support of the Animal Health Insights podcast. CAS is an initiative of the National Farmed Animal Health and Welfare Council, and it has broad-based support from both livestock sectors and from government. CAS brings together data and information from across Canada in order to demonstrate animal health and to guide planning on national animal health priorities. Effective disease surveillance can demonstrate the health of our animals, and it enables prompt action to minimize the negative impacts of disease. Funding is provided through the Agri-Assurance Program under the Canadian Agricultural Partnership, a federal, provincial, territorial initiative.